excellent and very nicely packaged. You liked the whole film, I mean. Oh, immensely. You caught the whole spirit of unchanging perfection and with admirable simplicity. I'm glad I had a chance to see it before it's computer erased and electro shredded. Computer erased? Electro shredded? Unfortunately, it does contain some dangerously heretical ideas. I made every effort to keep ideas out of it. Hello, how are you? We're fine, thank you very much. And welcome back to Take Me to Your Reader. I'm your Gamma host, Seth, and I have with me a great panel. I have Epsilon Semi-Moron James. (laughs) (laughs) We have Beta Plus Colin, just back from his exile in the islands, and soon to ship out to the Savage Reservation with his wife. Pardon my profanity. Hey, watch that language. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. And we have the very pneumatic Alpha Plus Emily. So, (laughs) welcome on. chip, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Yes, No. Uh, we're talking about Brave New World this time, and the reason we're talking about it is because Emily asked us to, and, and Emily was our first guest on the show. Yay! And so she rejoins us today, so thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me back, and hello, Internet family. We love you! <laughs> As we've been talking about doing this episode, Colin Colin was like, so is Emily going to join us? And I had texted, and, and James is like, I don't know if Emily's going to do it, and Colin's like, she has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Must do it. <laughs> It's her fault. She has to participate. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. This is your, your requisite punishment. Your right. punitive reconditioning. Yes. Right. Oh, of course, I didn't mention it. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, published in 1932. Published in 1932. Yes. Correct. And it's it's kind of one of the dystopian classics, although it takes a slightly different take on the dystopia part because it's presented almost like a utopia, depending on your perspective. Right. At the outside. Isn't, the outside. isn't it always yes. what's your truth? Know thy truth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so explain to us. Explain to Colin. Why did I have to do this? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like high school throwback. This was senior year high school, and it just like all the happy dystopian memories what, like of ago? like what the future is going to be. And now we have, I guess, reached that future, maybe. I don't know. Give me more Soma, and we'll we'll find out. <laughs> Pass the Soma. Yes. Soma fizzes. So, Soma fizzy. You were saying that this book is something you read in high school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Required reading for high school, senior All right. senior high school. See, Colin and I have talked a lot, mm-hmm. and like our high school reading li- reading lists, like mandatory reading, hardly cross over at all. Really? Yeah. Ah. Right. And and I didn't read Brave New World in did high I. school. Neither did I. Yeah. Oh. So you're unique. Were you just oh, smarter? Yeah. Oh, it's because you're an Alpha Plus. Because she's an Alpha Plus. Plus. (laughs) (laughs) But but Colin, you mentioned that your son is reading it. So does that mean that? Wait for entertainment or for obligatory? Come out before you guys were in high school, or what is the timeline? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They didn't read in high school because it wasn't out yet. We didn't have printing presses back then. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Tim had it was mandatory reading two years ago, and when I told him that we were going to be covering it, he got this funny look in his eyes, and he started monologuing. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Burst out in Shakespeare immediately. Said strumpet several times. No, no, no. no? His okay. mom was in the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so we're going to be talking about the book, and we're going to talk about the 1980s miniseries and the 1998 television movie. Yes. So, yeah, I guess we start with the book. So we, we covered prior history with this for you, mm-hmm. right? You read it in high school. Had you read it since then? Well, just like a couple months ago, I was like, I okay. need to read this again. Okay. I'm kind of in one of those phases, like going back and rereading things. So, yeah, nice. this was one of those like. Inspired by the Trump base, perhaps. <laughs> well, current <laughs> politics, definitely. I, I felt like I could see things happening in real life in real time that had occurred in the book. So yeah, hmm. I mean, I definitely got current political events going on. All right. Well, maybe yeah. we can cover some of those, but I want to go around. Um, sure. You didn't read it in high school. You read it when? About three months ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after, after James said that Emily wanted to cover it? No, no. It came out as a discount book on the Nook store, so I bought it. And oh, I've really? been trying to keep up with my Nook buys. Mm-hmm. Um, Very impressive. Yeah. Oh. You try and read as many as you buy? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what? I, I, I buy like 20 to every one that I actually read. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm preparing for the whole desert island thing where, where of course, I can yeah. charge my nook. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, so three months ago was the first time you read this book? 
Yeah, I think. Huh. Wow. And then, then they said, oh, yeah. let's let's do this right. on the podcast. And I'm thinking, oh, please don't make me read that again. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I knew that you know, I read so many books. I had to. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep them all straight. Right. 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 This is true. Okay. James, what about you? You had not read it in high school, but you had you read nope. it prior to this? Nope. Yep. I read it when I was back in the Navy. I have no idea what inspired me to read this book, okay. but I did read it. You did? Okay. Yeah, just underway, something to read. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone belongs to everyone else on board a, a, board a submarine, <laughs> right? <laughs> For my high school English, you know, we read George Orwell. So we read 1984 oh, sure. and, and Animal Farm, and then we had read uh, Fahrenheit 451. And so there's, there's kind of some dystopian classics, and one of the dangling ones was Brave New World. Though, actually, this one in 2007, I got the audiobook from the library. It was read by Michael York from um, Logan's Run. Yes. Yeah. Quite quite a good production. But I, rem- I, I wrote down in my little books database, I'm like, um, hmm, you know, <laughs> not, not totally sure what to make of that. So <laughs> so I was glad to, to get to reread it this time. You know, I, I read the Wikipedia entry mm-hmm. for Aldous Huxley and for Brave New World. Mm-hmm. And this book was designed to be a satire. It's supposed to be an, a, a send-up of H.G. Wells's utopian books. Because, okay. you know, in essence, they've created an alternate utopia here. Right. Uh, people really, well, according to our standards, are not happy and fulfilled. They mm-hmm. are drugged and infantile and consumers. Right. And Yeah. So that's the thing with this book. And I, I want to roundtable this a little bit about, like, what does it mean? What is it really about? Because it's not presenting this utopia really as – good because there are point of view characters that question that Mm -hmm. there's the savage who you know john savage who can't handle it right can't handle the truth you You can't can't handle handle the truth i did that on purpose (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean what what do we think about that emily you want to go first because this is one that you wanted to reread ah well i feel like there's this pull on you know what are we supposed to be in society and Mm -hmm. um you saying there's there's the determinism right now in our in our actual world, or are you talking about as described in the book? Well, I think in the real world too, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have divided out into class. I mean, maybe not as concrete as in the book, but yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. there's crossovers. Okay. And yeah, I mean I can see the idea that there is conditioning to some extent, not to the extent that's in the book, of course, but right. um where society wants to push people into into gender roles and, and class roles and that and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Colin, do you have any idea what this book's about? I I really dislike this book. Oh, no. <laughs> Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It, it reminded me of Day of the Triffids, <laughs> except I didn't enjoy all the prose in the writing. <laughs> so it, it's describing things that really aren't pleasant. I mean, you know, genetic mm-hmm. manipulation and indoctrination and, you know, drug use and rampant sexuality and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Promiscuity is your duty, right? Promiscuity. <laughs> everyone belongs to everyone else. Everyone belongs to everyone else. I must yeah. need more Soma. That must be the thing. Soma break. <laughs> I'm going to be re-engineered. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> what about you, James? Any initial thoughts on this one or from your first reading or this one? Right. Uh, well, yeah, I kind of saw it as a – I think Aldous Huxley was – well, you say it was a satire, which I kind of agree with, actually, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And he saw it as a, a future we could possibly get to with all the, cause he was his, maybe not him, but his family was involved in the early 1900s eugenics movement. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that came, I mean, right. Mm-hmm. He's the great grandson or the grandson of yeah. Thomas Huxley, Darwin's right. bulldog, who was this, this skeptic guy who, mm-hmm. who was a very, very much a proponent of, of Darwin's theories. And so I'm guessing that influenced his kind of genetic side of things. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have Pavlov and all his experiments. So you got the conditioning side of things, right? And so he's just kind of teasing it out to see what what might his future look like with all that, combined with the drug to make people happy, hmm. um, and to eliminate the. I guess going back to what Emily was saying about people trying to find their people trying to find themselves and where they fit into society. Well, they've eliminated that burden for for a lot of people. Uh, for all the people. Right. For all the people. Yeah. Right. Well, except for the ones that are still kind of, do I really belong here? <laughs> so that's right. why I said, not quite all of them, but for the majority of them, they've eliminated the burden of deciding where you should be and just put you there. And most of hmm. the people are happy there. Happy, well, as long as they're drugged and conditioned. Happy properly. as they're allowed yes. to be. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, and in the in the book, um, for the most part, well, I, so Bernard was not happy. 
Right. No. And right. Helmholtz was and, not happy. And interestingly, in the in the book, the one the characters that weren't happy were the upper class people that were allowed to kind of try to think on their own because they still believed that they needed people to think on their own to progress. Yeah. We didn't hear about any unhappy gamma delta or epsilons, right? Nope. Right. That's true. Uh, there was only the alpha. Well, heck, even Bernard was an alpha plus. I think Hemholz was also an alpha plus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're the top crust. They're the ones thinking about not being unhappy. Even the betas, I don't think we're not happiness. Yeah, Lenino is a beta. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Lenino is just weird. <laughs> well, we know that Bernard, because of all the suggestions, was probably not processed correctly. Right. There was something yeah, wrong with that. I think it was confirmed in the book. It was. Well, I don't it think was it was ever confirmed. It was confirmed in the 1980 miniseries, <laughs> no, which I thought was a great nod, by the way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I went back and looked in the book, and there there is something where there's like people talking there, and basically confirming it, but uh, it's still hearsay. Yeah, it wasn't right. explicit. So, yeah, yeah. But Helmholtz has no excuse not to be happy, aside from the fact that he's right. writing things that have no meaning, no meaning, and no personal value. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's think, back up a little bit. So we haven't really done any kind of. Plot recap of any kind, right? So, does anybody want to? We should make Colin to try that. Colin, Colin. <laughs> now, right. are we talking about the plot of the story, or are we talking about the plot? Because there's quite a major skew between right. the last two things that we watched. I'm not sure I agree, but um, if we tried for the story, right? Right, which the is, story, which is yeah. the common yeah. thread, the usual the story. And you're the usual guy that does it, so I nominate you. What? You're the usually the guy who does it. You came up with it. <laughs> I came up with it, but then we started giving it to Colin. Yeah, but I talk too much. No, That's disagree. What she said. Uh, okay, so we live in a utopian society, and we've we've talked a lot about certain elements of it. And there's mm-hmm. a char- character named Bernard Marx, and he is there's a character named Bernard Marx that exists attracted to <laughs> an, uh, another person, and they go to Lenina a reserve. Yeah, they go to a reservation. And pick up a savage who's a person not of their society that doesn't go through conditioning and genetic right. modifications and uh, somatizing. And they bring him back. And there's a lot of question about why he should be with you know the elite people of mm-hmm. the society. Uh, the savage Lenina fall in love. Yeah, and things fall apart. Things fall apart. <laughs> and the savage and then ends the up savage dead. dies. Yeah. And the savage ends up dead. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so that. Let's <laughs> drill down. For, for anybody, you know, I'm assuming that everybody knows, anybody who listens to us knows that we go full spoilers, right? We don't even right. usually do a non-spoiler section. But the, for anybody who's like, well, I've never, I've never read that. So, so maybe I'll let them explain some of it to us. The, sure. The society is very deterministic, right? Where, where people are decanted, babies are decanted. They're grown in bottles, more, more or less, right? And alphas and betas, I think, are individual. Mm-hmm. Sperm and egg colonies, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Whereas right. from gamma on down, they're through this Bokanovsky process, right? Where where they can essentially clone the embryos up to sixty four. No, times they don't clone them; they split them. Split. They forcibly right. split them yeah. Yeah. through chemical. So it's a form of cloning. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, they're twins. No, no, right, not right. cloning. It's mitosis. Thank you very much. Oh, science. <laughs> Do I even science, man? <laughs> James dropped some knowledge on me. Um, but then you know they're they're. As you go further down, there's fewer benefits given to the embryos. And, well, and, there are no benefits right. given. They are right. There's damage done. Damage done. Exactly. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. they're inhibited in ways to forcibly form these castes of society. Right. So when you get all the way down to the epsilon semi-morons, which I cruelly call James, and then, then, then <laughs> he smoked me on the science. Yeah, Morons was a subset of epsilon. Because there's epsilon and epsilon semi-morons. So you think, you think it's the... The lowest I'm the of lowest low. of the low. And <laughs> <laughs> he's okay with it. <laughs> I got my soma on set. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got my so soma ration. <laughs> as, as you go down further, right, they're, they're like uh, stunted growth, very stunted intellectual mm-hmm. brain development, right? They're, they're, they right. withhold oxygen or put alcohol in the substrate, in the uh, blood surrogate, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but then they program them also throughout development to like where they are. To mm-hmm. like being what they are, right? The gammas are like, we're not, not too dumb and not too bright. Gammas are just right, you know, <laughs> yep. or, or something like that. And they all have these, you know, I'm so glad I'm not a beta. I'm so glad I'm not a, you know, a whatever. And Hacky so it's is yucky, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Even even like the colors and like the the epsilons who are are yep. destined to do like dirty work in basements and and you know trash and that kind of right. stuff. They they. Uh, 
are conditioned to not like nature, right? So mm-hmm. they, they don't want to be outside. Well, they're all, they're all the conditioned to not like nature. Are they? Yeah. And I believe so. Yeah. The, all of them went through the nature nausea. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Nature nausea, nature nausea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Training, conditioning. Painful. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They go and they smell the rose and it. Ah! Yes. So that, anyhow, that's, yeah. that's what the foundation of society is. And you have Bernard Marx, who's a little, he's actually quite bright, but he's, he doesn't look like an alpha. Right? Well, he's a little, little smaller. Not which Bernard Marx are we talking about now? Oh. Now I'm talking about the book. So I, th- <laughs> yes. I think that's where we should start, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is in the book, um, I kind of, the way that Huxley describes, uh, Bernard Marx, or Bernard, I always kind of pictured him as Huxley. <laughs> Oh, is he, he's he's yeah. the yeah yeah because yeah, you see his picture on there, yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought, it but, was, I, but I rather like the his depiction in the eighties one too. Actually, yeah, sufficient. Yeah, in the eighties one, yeah. right? He was yeah. they, they picked the right type mm-hmm. of actor for him. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the nineties one, not yeah. so much. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, we'll no. get right. back. We'll to get that. we'll get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. They could have picked anyone from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> pretty much yes. yeah. yeah Sheldon probably would have been pretty good for Bernard Marx yes <laughs> oh, that would be a great choice that's oh, probably why he I, left the I show I want to see a version of this with Wallowitz in it oh. <laughs> I think Wallowitz would be like Helmholtz Helmholtz <laughs> maybe hmm. yeah uh, so Colin and I have talked about this on on the froth course a bit and, yeah. and, and there's a lot to object to if you're a person who has very traditional morality from western culture right? oh yeah yeah uh, this is basically the opposite of Right, almost most yeah. of the things. Yeah, yeah because sure. because like when when they're observing the like kindergarten children doing mm-hmm. their erotic play, right? You know, and right. and you yeah. know, find the zipper, find or the zipper, and and the one play kid time. like doesn't want to play play erotic games with the, with a mm-hmm. little girl, and so he's sent to reconditioning. So like it's like the least Me Too book ever <laughs> in a lot of ways because there is no you know everybody essentially consents to everybody else yeah. tacitly. But hey. There's, That's there's probably more, why this yeah. was banned in more conservative parts of the country and Could world. Be. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted. I I did want to know what centrifugal bumble puppy was, some some mm. kind of game. Uh, but the other part of it is right that everybody, Sexy science. yeah, right. That's what it is. So everybody, everybody's supposed to be sleeping with everybody else right. and consuming as much as possible, right? If it's if it's broke, don't fix it, right? The they they're encouraging consumption and economic productivity, um, so it kind of has two sides to it right excesses on the economic side mm-hmm. and and no real industry of any kind for people like they're, they're not supposed to have hobbies or anything like that right they're supposed to just all consume all yeah, the time yeah, right. Consumers. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. consume entertainment consume today. drugs things use it up throw it away yeah Sorry, don't the, mend it end it right. the rocket <laughs> ships are, uh, are flying over again um, I, for me, philosophically, the whole deterministic thing, I can't get behind just because, like, in Christian theology, there's, there's a, a lot of deterministic strains of it that I really object to. Um, so I can't get behind it from a, I, I, I feel like it's evil to disadvantage people and then make them like it. Hmm. Right. So I did some back reading. Um, apparently, uh, Huxley traveled to India and, witnessed the caste system there and mm. so that was part of the background for the book and also he traveled through america yeah, that's kind of what i thought and of <laughs> was like objected to the excess and consumerism and mm-hmm. had yeah vast consumerism that was part of american life americans were basically living lavish lifestyles right yeah. sounds like no you went to four corners too <laughs> not much right. has changed right yeah exactly yeah years. this was the exactly. wrong 20s right so right. When, right. when he was probably doing it I find this book very interesting. I I won't say that it's something that I necessarily really like. It's not a very long book, so that's that's always a, a benefit. But this one, made, like I wrote down tons and tons of night uh, uh, of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I did end up taking tons and tons of notes on this one, just because I I kept finding things that were fascinating. But I don't want to go through them list list by list. So I I want to open it up for more discussion about you know what we thought of the book. So to contrast it, we were supposed to be introduced to the savage, John. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's not really that much different in his own way. If he's if his job as a character is to show a contrast to their society, mm-hmm. he really he doesn't. You know what I mean? He's not he's not heroic in any way. Right. I mean he does he resists 
the society as it's formulated, right? When he, when, when he comes, right, he finds some of it repellent. Right. Um, right. For, you know, he kind of falls for Lenina, but, and she, of course, just wants to get down to business and, and, and he's, he's like, no, 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 that's not proper. And so he's trying to force his morals on her. Right. In some ways, which as somebody with more traditional morality, you're like, well, of course he is. That's, that's the correct thing to do. <laughs> he's, he's the right one. He's supposed to be the better one. Right. Further explain yourself. Cause I would say that you're wrong. You're welcome to say I'm wrong. Uh, I so mean, I, it is kind of the opposite of everything they, they are doing to a degree. Yes. But a, a classic right? hero journey would be. Um, no, he's not a hero. No, no. Oh, so, no. but, but a classic <laughs> hero journey would be, uh, introduced to bad people, meet the hero. Hero falls in love with girl from the bad side. Girl yeah. from the bad side realizes she's on the bad side, joins him on his side. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not. What, are you happens? trying to project the hero story onto him, John? I was trying to find Savage. something. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, going for it. So eventually yeah. I got to Romeo and Juliet, which was today. Really? You know, this long-term I can kind of see more of what you're going for from the today's movie, I guess. Yeah. The 1998 film version we just watched for all those who don't know. Yeah. So in <laughs> yeah. Romeo and Juliet, you're supposed to understand that Romeo and Juliet are your tragic heroes. They are destined right, to be with right. one another, but they're kept apart by worldly forces. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't really see that come out in either of the other ones. Though. No, and John and Lenina could have been together, right? but they were both held apart by their own individual beliefs, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? right? So John was like, I-, I have to go slay something to make myself worthy of you. And right. Lenina's like, just drop your pants, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and yet there's, there's never any resolution of that. No. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point for right. at, least this, at least the novel in the 1980s. It wasn't a really... I don't know. No, no, go with that. Go with that. Well, so I don't feel like the 1998 movie was totalitarian enough. Hmm. Mm. Oh. All right, let's get back to that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll We'll have to get back to that. We'll get the movie too. I've been, I was been trying to think about how they changed it and why they changed it. And that's one of the things I kind of recognized. Hmm. In the, in the book, it's very totalitarian society. Oh, yeah. Right. And you you step out of line, you're threatened to go to Iceland or whatever, which I don't think would be that bad. Iceland sounds awesome. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but like, like the, what was it? The Falklands or I can't remember where, where, uh, Falklands was this place. Tahiti, Hawaii. <laughs> no, I think Tahiti was only an option in the in the movie. Oh, the 80s That's true. Yeah. yeah, they only ever mentioned Iceland or one of the. They mentioned Iceland and Free Islands, and uh, in the book, as far as I can remember. Yeah, but it's where they they send dissenters. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 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 I speaking of dissenters, uh, Helmholtz was kind of my favorite character in the novel, just because he was mm-hmm. he was somebody that by the nature of his work started to notice that something was not right. Right, because he's a writer, right. and anything he writes that has any profundity of any kind gets him in trouble with with Mustafa right. Mond. You know, here he comes well, in and says, "He's also the only character that seemed to kind of naturally buck the system." I guess, yeah, right, yeah, because it like there was no rumors of him being alcohol in his blood surrogate no, and things no, like no. that, right? <laughs> and yeah, Bernard and Hemholtz are friends, and mm-hmm. Bernard is kind of an outcast because he's a little substandard for an alpha. Whereas right. Hemholtz is this supposed to be this right. really good looking guy that, yeah. like. He's kind of tired of all the attention from ladies, right. which, yeah, I mean, I get that. Um, but, <laughs> oh, my. Um, no, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> sorry, let me pull my foot out. Um, like, Bernard is physically different, and that's that's what the, the problem is, where Helmholtz is this very, you know, he's super, super smart, and his, his intellect leads him to realize that there's nothing in what he writes, and he wants to write. He has aspirations, and right. he, he kind of comes to realize through the book he needs some suffering to actually produce any good content, but right. good content is not desired in any way. No. And I, I liked the... Um, when Mustafa Mond is talking to him about it, you know, there are some ideas in here. And, and Helmholtz says, like, I very much attempted to keep ideas out of it. <laughs> like, but he has so many ideas that they just come out naturally, right? Right. You know, I, I thought he was an interesting character. And then at the end, right, he chooses, send me someplace nasty so that mm. I can produce good right. literature. Which will never right. be read never by anybody. Anything, but It'll be read really by people on, him, on the free islands, right? Yeah, well, Maybe. Yeah. Just the ability to create on your own to fulfill your life's purpose. Yeah. yeah. Going to the hippie comedy. Freedom. <laughs> I did like that this book used the word nauseous correctly a couple times, <laughs> uh, meaning something that causes nausea. I enjoyed uh-huh. the use of pneumatic. That was fantastic. <laughs> I never quite so figured pneumatic. out what pneumatic meant. 
pneumatics in the term that they're using it it means voluptuous and curvy okay because there were a couple times where like but not too pneumatic right yeah see i thought it meant she was like you know pistony although if you look it up in urban dictionary there's also a reference to someone being like an airhead oh which i thought was interesting like okay well yeah she was a beta so yeah maybe (laughs) a little vapid perhaps Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) yeah or she could be a power tool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's a transformer? More than meets the eye. Right. <laughs> I, I thought that was something that the book did well, was introduce these concepts and not fully mm-hmm. describe them. Mm-hmm. Like right, you're told right. about the feelies and a little bit about them, right? Mm-hmm. You are told about the various uh, leisure activities they have, but they're never described. Uh, you're told more about the helicopter jets they, they fly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, then, then a lot of things. And I don't know why all that detail went well, into there. All that, all that is very uh, iconic, I guess, of a lot of science fiction. Where yes. They don't get too specific on the technology at the time. Don't go into the mm-hmm. details. It's just futuristic and it works, which I think works really well for this because they're – in fact, Leonard Nimoy said it pretty well in the movie where they they don't really uh, promote science, but they promote technology. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very classic – yeah. Uh, golden age science fiction, you know, rockets mm-hmm. to do everything, right? And atomic right. power to do everything. Yes. Um, especially rockets, intercity rockets. They're, yeah. That was just going to be the wave of the future. Right. And, and a lot of, a lot of science fiction, they don't ever talk about the underlying technology of that science. Of the, of the, yeah, yeah. Well, the under, underlying science of technology, I guess. Yeah. I mean, hard science fiction is, is the exception, right? That's where right. it's all about the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it was mentioned. Back to your, back to your vagueness comment. <laughs> uh, you mentioned this earlier too. We haven't. We don't ever find out what happened to Lenina, for instance, right? In the book. Oh yeah. Although, I, and then uh, was it John? Did he hang himself for real in the book? <laughs> I was led to believe that she was killed by the crowd. I know, but you're the only one of the crowd so far. So I'm like just trying to like. There's like he he. I think he's leaving thing, things purposely generic, as in to let people draw their own conclusions. Ah, uh, maybe. But what about the part about uh, you know John's feet traveling to all the points of the compass? I think that I'm was not saying clear. he's not dead. I'm saying was he the one that killed himself? Oh, oh was he, he murdered? The crowd? Or was he murdered? Oh, yeah. I think I think your the plain reading is yeah you know, he took place in this orgy, mm-hmm. lost himself in it, then right. woke right. up with all kinds of regrets because he hadn't kept himself pure. And yeah, that's the plain reading. Judas went yeah. away and hanged himself. Right. Mm. So, yeah. And to me, the thing that would make him the most unhappy was to have killed Alina. Hmm. Or to have caused her death. Exactly, oh. with the Romeo and Juliet Yeah, but thing. he hated what? her at that point. But at, during during that, right, he started whipping her. Right. And that, that's yeah. where you're saying he may have killed her. Yeah, but he's hated her like half through halfway through the book, though. Yeah, yeah. what he said. Yeah. yeah. Can you have love and hate, though, at yes. the same time? Duality. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's love, a, love and exactly. hate. Exactly. Yeah, are not orthogonal. They're... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely <laughs> desires her and cares about her, right. but can't have her as an equal because she doesn't share his value system. Right. Hmm. Precisely. Inter- interfaith marriage. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dogs and cats living <laughs> together. Yeah, oh. mass hysteria. <laughs> Oops. I did think it was interesting that in this utopian society, women were still responsible for contraception. What <laughs> the heck? <laughs> Yeah, well, it was her fault she got Future pregnant. fail. Yeah. You think like a couple of snip snips early on in the guy's life, and then the women don't have to be chemically altered. Right? They're in yeah. tubes for yeah. crying Okay, that was one loud. thing I didn't quite understand in the book, is why did they... Uh, why were the men fertile? No, no, no. Well, yes. Why was why was there a free Martin section of society, and not just everybody free Martins in society? Right. I didn't understand that. He, didn't, he never really went into it, but I didn't get no. it. No. I'm like, why, why wouldn't you just everybody? Rather than having the Malthusian belts... Everybody's sterile. Well, I, they, unless they, they need to harvest material. Well, that's what I'm saying. Unless they're farming eggs from females, but like in a boy and his dog. Yeah, right. oh. females Line do produce up. quite a bit of eggs throughout their lifetime. So yeah, there, yeah. there could be a very large, or I should say, a much larger proportion of society could be free martin. Yeah, I would think. But then you still need spermies. Yeah, those those are produced yeah. at a pretty high rate. But those are, those are also produced at a higher rate than even the eggs. But so. they're not; they don't have any genetic <laughs> diversity. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to have a variety. Well, they would still, I think, I think they would still be able to. It sounds like with it sounds like with the technology they have to actually reliably create all these people anyway in a manufactured determined process. Uh huh. They'd be able to be able to store all that too. Science. Just save the good ones. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't have to worry about the birth control. <laughs> and, you know, quote unquote. And, and the lady is screwing up because it's always her fault, obviously. <sighs> I think you would just wouldn't have a story if you didn't have the potential yeah, for things find, to now mess I'm up. Now finding and... faults in the technology. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that we ultimately do get kind of not the villain monologue but you know Mustafa Mond kind of lays it out for both mm-hmm. Bernard and Hemholtz and, yeah. and John and says that look this is the society we have we like it because it's stable mm-hmm. and the reason it's stable is because we don't have things like scientific advances because he, he says here right, right every change is a menace to stability that's another reason why we're so wary of applying new inventions every discovery in pure science is potentially subversive even science must su- sometimes be treated as a possible enemy yes even science said every totalitarian government ever Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at this. I, I was looking up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. which talks about like if the, the idea of it is right. If you don't have your basic needs met, then you don't you don't ever progress strive to for the, the other right. levels. And th- this society basically gets the first four of those. You know, mm-hmm. it stops short of meaning, but it also eliminates the whole family part of it. Mm-hmm. Pull, pulls that out. So Dirty everyone words. belongs to everyone, right? So really, the whole society. Why is are you sort so like profane, Seth? Sorry, my Naughty. bad. <laughs> Mother, father. <laughs> oh, the horror! <laughs> we'll leave that out. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a soma. I'll be back to normal. <laughs> yeah. So, any, anything else we want to talk about about the book? I'm sure that other topics will come up as we discuss Probably. the movies. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. But. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think it was worth reading from my perspective. Did you like it on a reread? Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> you were definitely allowed to be wrong and like a book. And like you were oh, saying earlier, it's really right, not right. that long of a book. No, it's not that long of a book. It didn't feel that long of a book. But, but I do want to, I do want to yeah. elucidate on that, right? Emily, what, what is it that you, that you're seeing here that, that is to stop short of, of being super controversial or anything? Any, any themes and stuff that, you know, why this was fantastic? To you, because we have Colin's perspective, and and we often disagree about sure. about you know which which books we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I did you know you're you're our guest here, so uh. thanks. Yeah, um, just seeing the society and questioning, like in the book, the society and looking at it as a lens to see our world and how as consumers, I mean, that's kind of pushed on us, and. Um, you know, where do we fall in that? And as an individual within the society, you know, what can I do to create? And, you know, which character would I see myself as, you know, trying to place myself Mm. into the Brave New World? Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a kind of scary Brave New World, but there's definitely elements that I can see in our life today that in parallel the book. Yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised you like it so much because you and James are <laughs> some of the most creative, uh, environmentally conscious, uh, crafty. What, but I mean by like building and doing things with your hands and gardening. And you know, James, you have all the work that you do on your car, and you built your own microphone stand out of spare lumber. <laughs> and to, to think about what these people are advocating in the book. Don't forget heretical. Don't forget heretical. Right, yes. Heathens. Uh, is is really a kind of counter Ralston, so to say. Yeah, I think I, from I, I like it because I think it's edu- uh, not educational. Well, educational, mm-hmm. but a cautionary tale of several mm-hmm. societies brought together. Because mm-hmm. you get the hyper consumerism of America, mm-hmm. uh, the the obvious totalitarian governments of current and past civilizations, and uh, yeah. Well, it's it's almost like an upside down. Religious asceticism, yeah, right, is the the exact opposite of of all of that, and and unregulated, all kinds of things, really, unregulated capitalism, unregulated consumerism, unregulated science, yeah. James wants to regulate science or things, you know, not so much unregulated, but I think perversion of. There Mm. you go, or or so massively regulated that no advancement can happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's it's not uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein scientist, Mm. right? Right. It's uh, you know completely the opposite. You may you may absolutely not do anything which might right. help change society or make any difference, you know, positive, negative at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, yeah. They have homeostasis. Yeah. Stability. Perfect stability. Yep. Well, yep. do you want to move right. on to talking about the 1980s TV miniseries? Let's do it. Okay. Yes. So there's a three-hour miniseries. Crazy timeline. 
Yeah. <laughs> a three-hour miniseries that uh, I think I ended up watching on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. We did, too. It is very Buck Rogers. I Where mean, did Colin like, watch like, it? You do? Did you YouTube it? I did. Excellent. It's the only way to watch it. Yeah, we couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah you point. can't buy it. You can't rent it. You right. can't stream it. Mm-hmm. It's very Brave New World, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see it. the clip that I sent you guys on Facebook? It was a uh, YouTube clip. I, it, it's basically a, a, an anime recap of the book. Oh, no, I oh, didn't yeah, yeah. see that. And I watched yeah. it. And it was really helpful. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And I really liked the guy in the very end with the helmet on his head with the cameras hanging out. Because mm-hmm, yeah. that's totally how I pictured that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, sorry, sorry, yeah. uh, sorry to derail you. No, no, no. The, 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 so the eighties, the eighties series, the art design is very much Buck Rogers kind of like everything's indoors, mm-hmm. everything's white, uh, and not in every sense of the word because because it was actually a diverse cast, um, of black and white people. Yeah, black and white people. Yeah, pretty much uh, not super diverse. <laughs> it's not like you saw right. a lot of different races. But, uh, you know, Mustafa Mond, the guy who's in charge, was a black guy, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and Helmholtz was black? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we should mention there was no no discussion of race in the book. And right. I think that was right. borne out in this movie pretty accurately. Um, when, when you said Buck Rogers, the first thing I thought of was, though, was like one piece jump tards. Yes. Because everyone has one. Yep. And That's it has your little letter right on it. So you know who and what you are. I'm an A plus. I'm a beta minus. Right. Yeah, I liked one thing that I liked in the in this movie. I wasn't a big fan of it just because it's too faithful. Um, oh, <laughs> that's not that faithful. You want me to start screwed up the colors so you can? No, but it it's okay. very faithful. They completely uh, screwed up the colors of the casts. Yeah. And my cast with an E, Seth. That that that's that's the kind of thing that is never going to bother me. <laughs> um, Did it bother you, Colin? No. Damn it. So I'm the one that got bothered by that? Yeah. <laughs> Eight o'clock in the morning. Ah, that one was 7.55. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember No, I'm, not, I'm never about. up that early. To me, one of the things in this series, and with any television adaptation of something, if you have enough time to tell the whole story, you don't really have to think about what don't I need to tell? Or what should what should I focus on when bringing this to the screen, as Editing opposed to just process. putting it all there, right? Right. right? And if you have to make some hard choices about what you need to remove, right. you can come up with something interesting. That's the, this is my perspective, not everybody's perspective. Sure. And so in this one, I feel like it's boring. It's really just dead boring. And if they had tightened it up a little bit and maybe made it shorter, maybe something better would have come out of it. But I don't know. That's, yeah, but they went the opposite way with it. They actually added in a 45-minute substory, which was how John Savage came about. Right. It's straight out of the book. It's oh, just nice. it's just not told in the same sequence. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's where you have – and we didn't mention the the stars. Uh, Kier Delea from um, – at least I think that's how you say his name – from 2001, mm-hmm. um, Dave. Yep. And right. Bud Court is Bernard Marks. Right. And uh, Marcia Strassman from Welcome Back, Cotter, and a whole bunch of other places from oh, the 70s. Nice. As Lenina Disney. Right. I can't remember, yeah, where her name is, Lenina Crown. I think. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I did want to they, talk about that, actually. They, they kind of updated the corporations. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I wanted to talk about um, the, the names, because you have Bernard Marx and Lenina, which is kind of a variant of Lenin. Of Lenin. Right. And so I didn't know, like, right. this is, everybody kind of does have everything in common. Is this, I didn't know if it was a commentary on communism or not. But hmm. Well, maybe John is more like John Doe, the everyman. Yeah, could be. Right. So. And to think how is it mm. funny that everybody knew everybody? Yes. <laughs> like, cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows, knows your name. Your name. Yes. <laughs> well, if you're knocking boots with everybody, you probably learn, yeah, learn their names true. eventually. Eh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get around to that. <laughs> I don't remember them. <laughs> Did anybody recognize the actress who was one of the Gammas? Short curly hair. Oh, yeah. That hair was awesome. Yeah. She was Diana Prince's assistant from the Wonder Woman series really? in the 70s. What? Nice. Yes. And, and cool. that one was kind of weird because because everyone was supposed huh. to be nice. uh, <laughs> twins or triplets or quadruplets or right. 67-its. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kept seeing the same people in different places. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed mm-hmm. to be different people, but it's exactly the same right. person. And you're mm-hmm. more like – Aren't you supposed to be the greeter at the place yeah. that tells you where to go? No, and, I liked that, actually. Which is rather appropriate because we're all twins or one – yeah, not – Duplicates. Duplicates. There you yeah. Go. yeah, yeah. We would do that today with CGI and it probably would not look as well, yeah, look as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. That's pretty slick. <laughs> yeah. Community, identity, stability. Was that in the book explicitly or was that brought to the – I don't know. 
thought movie. it was in the book. It probably was. Yeah. There's a gigantic exposition but, dump yeah. at the beginning. Um, but I mean, there is in the book too, right? Yeah. When, when yeah. you're, you're, you're going through the Blue Jays, man. <laughs> Nature. <laughs> it's the worst. I know. They're a terrible oh, team. There are a couple differences in the backstory of, uh, whatever the guy's name was, the controller guy or the Kirdalea, his character. Tomekin. Tomekin. Tomekin, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, is it every time we mention him? Let's try it again. So. Ready? again. Damn it. I heard duck. <laughs> Goose? Right. It, it right. dwells on Tomekin and Linda's story quite a bit more than mm. the book does. Because the book, the book, that's all just described by John over a couple of pages, right? That right. this, this happened. And where the, the movie actually goes into show you right. and pads out the runtime a little right, bit. Right. And it's pretty boring. It was interesting that one of the novel things here is that Tomkin ends up shooting Linda and leaving her for dead. Yes. <laughs> Pulls yeah. her right off the mountain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and as opposed to just ditching her when, when he found out she was pregnant, mm-hmm. um, because she couldn't remember the correct math for the, I like, I like that it was yeah. a little phone dial on the belts in the, in the 80s thing. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember what the saying was. They taught pop, her to pop. remember what to use. It was like, a plus one and you'll have none. Yeah. Or something like that. The oh, date plus the, one. The date plus one. Yeah. Okay. The date plus one, you'll have none. Which yeah. again, why couldn't and then she's they like, just... The date plus one or was it two? And it was... One thing I think the, that movie did really well. You mentioned it was boring. I think this is a very boring society described in the book. It's very mm-hmm. stable. Everyone right. does... They, they talk in a fairly monotonic cheer without a lot of variation in the tone mm. right mm. right mm. Um, and when you feel bad you take a soma and then automatically your voice goes up like five steps yeah. levels you back out yeah and um, they're theatrically satisfied by very boring sounding films yes <laughs> yes <laughs> but how does it make you feel right well you have to put your hand i wasn't i wasn't holding my i wasn't holding my feely rod Put your hand on your rod. <laughs> It'll change the entire experience. <laughs> All right. We, we got to wrap this up because uh, James and Emily are going to engage right. each other. <laughs> we have uh, Ford's, your Ford ship services tonight. They have an engagement tonight. <laughs> I did... I did find it interesting in the in the book the first time the whole our Ford thing yeah you know, mm-hmm. take take the replace mm-hmm. of our Lord you know and I thought that the fact that when Ford teaches about psychology he's called Freud <laughs> so they just kind of combined it all under this one yeah it's pretty good this one head yep. and the T's mm-hmm. the, the one part about the backstory that I did like was one of Lenina's so coworkers was so upset that she had disappeared that she accidentally gave Bernard's embryo the alcohol in his blood surrogate right. so it's a direct nod back right. to the book and yep. right. no more any there were no more any no yeah. longer any questions right he yep. really was different from all the other a pluses yeah. right. they retconned it what yeah <laughs> they retconned it. it yes <laughs> yes right so and it's then, explicit in the in the movie film versus the yeah. book mm-hmm. and then later on when they find her laying down da- find lenina laying down in the heather she's no longer living mm-hmm. no she was uh she yeah she dead. was yeah yeah she was in a coma a soma coma from all the uh, gas they used to sedate the riot. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he thought she was dead. One. Like, Romeo, Romeo. thinks Juliet's oh. dead. Oh, hey. mind blown. There's your Romeo and Juliet. There it is right there. And then he goes and he goes and hangs himself in the movie. We, that's very explicit. So all this ambiguous stuff we get in the book, very explicit in the 1980s film. Yeah. Well, was Mr. Huxley alive at the time where they wrote the screenplay and filmed it? Good question. Kind of doubt it. Maybe, maybe he opined and, maybe. and told them how to fix it. Perhaps. That's fan fiction. So mm-hmm. are we going to talk about Demolition Man? The three seashells, <laughs> please. Somebody explain the three seashells. me that her name's... Isn't is it Lenina no, Huxley, long, right? He was long is dead. Is Sandra Bullock's character name? Yeah, died in 63. Yeah. Yes. Is it Lenina? Yeah. Is, is it? I don't know. It, it is. It's Lenin A. So you're saying that Demolition Man is totally. a result of yes. Brave we New World. Stop, we have to stop and re-podcast. I haven't watched it in so oh, long. Oh, my goodness. Her name is Lenina Huxley. <gasps> Boom! What? And, and Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> character is John Spartan, which is kind of like John Savage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he is kind of savage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he called, yeah, the, the dude in charge of the- From a different civilization. Calls him a savage all the time. 
And that, that yeah. new society was really non-functional because everyone used to Taco Bell, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just cost us a sponsor, didn't I? <laughs> I guess we'd have to have those Touché. first. <laughs> they could, like, recapture that gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the phosphorus, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> on the, Taco on Bell. The cremation right. chimneys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean – what you're getting at is is Brave New World is pretty influential. It, it, right. it crops up in a lot of other properties yes. uh, that don't necessarily explicitly adapt it. But Demolition Man is definitely something that I thought of right. because of the whole mellow greetings thing and the yeah. and everything yep. being very For sterile. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well, what made me think it was Lenny Huxley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Lenny, wait, Huxley, what? <laughs> yeah. Good, good call there. Yeah. I, I, I like the the. What you guys were talking about about Colin's theory about Romeo and Juliet because that's something mm-hmm. that he yeah. mentioned yeah. during the. Ninety eight, yeah. nineteen ninety eight movie. Yeah. It had been percolating in the back right. of my head, and then yeah. what popped out? Then yes. yeah, you can take a soma for that, you know. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness! Especially yeah. the Shakespeare yeah. reference. Going oh, on. you had an idea, you poured to here. Yeah, yeah. soma. Oh. <laughs> and then no. Le- and then Nimoy messes it up and mentions oh, what was necklaces. It? Can we can we talk about John Savage the character in the nineteen eighty miniseries? Yes, sure. I- unless I'm mistaken, every word he said was a Shakespeare quote. Everything and he delivered it like I would think a stereotypical, like a stage actor. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. I I believe so. Yes. <laughs> I just thought it was so over the top. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Well, that's British for you. I, I also <laughs> thought it was <laughs> British theater. I also Wait. thought it was interesting that just kidding, the, Phil. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do love Phil. All the loves. Uh, the savages were just white people. Who who, did, yeah. who who just lived in a broken down old town essentially? Well, right. in uh, in, uh, in which one? In the nineteen eighties? No, you, no, in the nineteen eighties, they actually looked like Malpai, just white people instead of Native Americans. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I mean. Versus this yeah. 1998 bill or mobile. Parts. Yeah, but there, there were <laughs> buildings and stuff that were that were all crumbled. It looked like post apocalyptic kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I thought it looked yeah okay yeah. But they they totally whitewashed all right. all of the oh, Native yeah. Americans. Oh yeah, right. yeah. They didn't have Native American actors back then. <laughs> so long ago can't remember back in 1980 colin was a, a, a lad of but what, 11 right and, <laughs> and but it was pre-james and so maybe right <laughs> right he i does, was born in 1980 yeah, yeah you were born in 80 yes the year this film came out it's my birthday Birthday film. That would explain a few things. <laughs> Indeed. There's alcohol in my surrogate. <laughs> Constantly. And you keep replacing it. That's probably why I'm dependent. <laughs> I didn't think you accepted any surrogate drinkers. <laughs> nope. I mean, handled that myself. IV drip. <laughs> Soma drip. There At some go. point during the, the 80s movie, Bernard has this dream, and I wrote down Bernard dreams of Ambujitsu. Because <laughs> it was like. That wasn't a dream, that was his VPS. That oh, was, was it? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That was his okay. violence passion surrogate. Gotcha. Which is fantastic. Yeah. I would love a violence passion surrogate. You had one just before we came in. I was watching that's, you. That's true. That's my that's my violent surrogate. There's not really much passion there. Yeah. We call those video games. Right. <laughs> the passion comes later. After you guys oh, leave. My. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, anything else to say? I, I did like the. I, I'm totally going to use that uh, that GIF of uh, the, the oh, sign yeah, of the yeah, T yeah. in, yeah, in the show awesome. notes. It reminds me of the people from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh, the the, the totally. guitar stroke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually another that's thing. Awesome. The, the, the whole be excellent to each other, party on, dude thing that reminded mm-hmm. me of, of of the 1998 movie. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anything else to say about the the 80s movie? Did you like it? No. <laughs> no, see, I see it as a you know ninety seven percent faithful kind of thing. You, you're you're yeah, seeing lots of differences, sure. or my friend Seth Easley, who runs a podcast or two or three, <laughs> three. and edits a few oh others, <laughs> is fond of saying adaptation means change. Ooh. And now I am afraid I must add a new catchphrase to our podcast, and that is faithfulness does not mandate goodness. Ooh. True. Ah. So you, yeah. It, just because it's a close adaptation doesn't make it a good one. Just because it's right. polished wow. and shiny doesn't make it smell any better. <laughs> polished and shiny, it still could be a turd. <laughs> I don't know. I, I found it entertaining. I enjoyed all the uh, Fordisms. I somehow managed to watch it without without adding to the playback speed. Really? But, but yeah. I was profoundly yeah. bored by 30 minutes yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say that we did watch it in two sittings. Uh, we watched yes. the first half because there was, there was a, that kind of obvious break in the Pause. middle. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched that one night and then watched the other half the second night. 
Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it, Emily? Or like just in general? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was. It was good. It wasn't like polished in the way that <laughs> I yeah it wasn't as polished of a turd as Colin likes to think it is right, right. <laughs> I mean I was really annoyed by the color changes though oh jeez oh, we're at 8 o'clock in the morning yeah. oh my him. gosh James yes. used to be such an easygoing person oh, yeah. <laughs> what's next I start complaining about somebody's hair color or something they're messing with my surrogates man <laughs> <laughs> when we get to the 98 one, I might have a, a that kind of gripe that I agree with, with you all about, too. So then, you know, like I, I've said in the past, right? Once once you have a, an adaptation that pretty much adapts what's in the book, then then you can go for something that, that changes things. And mm-hmm. I've said many times, not all change is good. Uh, and so, hence, we have the 1998 version with, <laughs> with Peter Gallagher and Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. And that other guy that we recognized from several other things right. who plays the savage. Robocop. Oh, that guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Miguel Ferrer um, as well. Right. And, yep, Bernard's just too darn sexy. Yep. He's bringing sexy back. (laughs) Yeah. But, but like, one of the major things in the book is is that Lenina is somehow strangely attracted to Bernard, despite his physical limitations. He's trying to show you how sexy alcoholics are. (laughs) Oh, is that what it is? Because he's got alcohol in his surrogate. Yeah, but she isn't so... Yeah. Boy. They had to cut down the movie a lot. So there's a lot of differences. Yes. Right. Yeah, because if you're going to abridge something, you have to decide, what am I going to bring forward? Because because I'm not going to tell this whole story, so i got to bring parts of it out. And I'm not sure that it was successful in any of the parts that brought out. Well, no, it's a fallen utopia. Right. A falling? A fallen. Oh. So you think it has huh? already? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? So the, oh, yeah. the utopia described in the book and the 1980 movie, and it's so just, just me right. opining again, uh-huh. yet again. Uh, is a utopia. It is perfect. Their society is perfect. There are right. very, very few dissenters, and those few dissenters, they all toe the line. Yeah. In the 1998 one, Tomekin went and had sex with somebody, and then dumped the bot, dumped her back across the line, and then deletes his record so they can't find out what's going on. Right. 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 There's, and then he brainwashes someone into trying to kill John or right. uh, B- Bernard. Mm-hmm. Right. Those things would be non-utopic. They're they're just they're an indicator that people aren't happy. Right. Right. So it's more subversive than the other yeah. adaptation. Yeah. And Lenina yeah. and Bernard were exclusive. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Lenina right. was not exclusive. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she was going out with Tomekin. Yeah, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long period of time. And that's why they thought she was a little bit deviant. Mm-hmm. And so Bernard gets the courage to ask her out. And so they start going out. But he doesn't want to have sex. He wants to get to know her as a person. Mm-hmm. Right. And Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I don't see the kind of character arc for Bernard in this that we get in the book. Where in the book, mm-hmm. he starts off as this person who is – he's kind of surly. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like the fact that they that they make fun of him. And he kind of wants to make change. And then he finds out about the Savage, brings him back, upends his department, you know, and all of a sudden becomes – the cock of the walk, right? Where where he's he's you know he's engaged six different girls this week, you know, and all <laughs> yeah. this kind of stuff, and he just forgets about all those aspirations from before, and and then from there he's pretty much miserable because that quickly falls away from him as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he never really gets back to the you know wanting changes. He ends up getting sent to the island, and I guess he's more or less okay with it, but he doesn't want to go. So where in this one. What happens with him, right? He he doesn't actually. He wants, he, he to, wants go to go to the badlands. He he's trying to get acknowledgement that some of the conditioning is starting to fail and to make changes with it. But so he's trying to prop up right. the the society. So it's it's almost opposite of in the book. Hmm. It's more Mustafa Mann's story, right? He gave hmm. up his love of chemistry, so to say, yeah, right. in order to become world controller. Right. L- Lenina is the one that has anything close to a redemptive or a positive character yeah. arc. So and, and she. She has sex with people to give birth to babies. Right. And if uh, if I'm going to point out any positives, no. I, I thought most of the acting performances were pretty good. I thought I thought the gal who played Lenina was good. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't a very good main minus. Too, too like, smart? Yeah. Too sexy? Yeah, too alpha. <laughs> too alpha. Too, Way too pneumatic. Too pneumatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen. Um, yeah, so yeah. we should mention this is a television movie that aired on NBC – but it must have been after like 9 p.m. or something because because it was it <laughs> yeah, yeah. it there was flesh. They, they had the orgy porgy going on yeah and and I mean there's a lot of uh, sheer orgy, clothing orgy, but yeah yeah a lot of sheer clothing that doesn't hide right. assets as well as it might 
Uh, maybe in standard definition, it wasn't <laughs> quite so in your face, but <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'll agree with Colin on that one. It wasn't uh, as totalitarian. Hmm. And there were definitely no rockets. Still no, no rockets. rockets. Still no rockets. That helicopter's More man. rockets. Helicopters are, are so much better than rockets. Yeah. No. Yeah, the, the change to the backstory of John Savage, right, where his mother was not actually from the society. She was brought right. into society and then kicked back out of society when she got pregnant. Yeah. Right. But. And the half episode of Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> or Trailer yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. And, and again, it's the savages are just white people. Even more so, right? Right. Where, where right. they're just living in an old American city somewhere yeah. that looks like. California. The, it, it looked like the parts of – yeah, like California, but it kind of looked like where, you know, Jesse Pinkman lived right, in, in Breaking Bad. Yep. I totally called the plot twist in this one that, the, right. the, that there was going to be a pregnancy at the end and this was going to be the subversive thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. does does this one fall into – I mean, this was the one where the idea for is this a Romeo and Juliet proxy finally popped out of your head. Does it fit it? I don't think so. It's, it's yeah. too happy of an ending. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like it was leading to it, I think is why you mentioned it, right? It was, it was leading to something like that, but then Potential quite. Potential was there. Yeah, I mean, when we were out. talking beforehand, you know, ha- having Soma and eating donuts. Are donuts Soma? <laughs> oh. What is Soma? What is Soma? In our society? Coffee. <laughs> Lots of different. In Oregon, you know. Cannabis. Yeah. Cannabis. Uh-uh. At one time at work. Um, oh, I guess because Soma's legal, right? Is that what you're saying? So when you, when you, yeah. uh, w- at work, we, we send out little calendar notices for our teams to let them know if, you know, if you're on vacation. So when they look at their calendar, they see Seth is out of the office, you know, and there's a place to put where you are. And one time, when, I think when I worked with summer you, holiday. I, I put in there, I'm taking a summer <laughs> holiday. <laughs> yep. I don't think anybody got it. I think maybe you did, uh, but, but nobody else did. Soma is yeast pee. Huh? Yeast pee. No, someone's someone's like the ultimate evolution of opioids. Alcohol is the byproduct of yeast. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. Yes, but I don't think it's someone. because well. uh, and we have that clue right. from Linda who was talking right. about peyote On and the other reservation. things. Reservation, yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make true. you feel bad afterwards. Yeah, right. I, I no. like this quote. Soma Touché. has all the benefits of Christianity and alcohol, but none of the defects. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. consolation. It is relaxation. That's true. I don't recall ever getting hungover from. Christianity? <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely hungover from that. <laughs> Still messed up in the head. Cannabis use. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't know. Yeah. That's because you didn't go to college in California. <laughs> it kind of disturbed me that in the in the new movie that there you couldn't see the caste system quite as well. It was only by clothing, right? Right. Um, I was expecting to see you know st- people that were stunted and looked yeah. you know were the different. Yeah. They were just too beautiful. The entire thing. It was right. like too polished. Yeah. 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 I did not see Seth in that movie at all. Uh. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> um, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> the, uh, I, yeah, I think that the 80s one did it better where, where they kind of had shrimpy little people right. who, who had, who moved in a kind yeah, of a funny, funny way and yeah. with yeah. the eye makeup. Makeup. Yeah. Lots yeah. of makeup. In the or new- children. Or children. Yeah. The yeah. nuclear oh, don't say bad words. Ah, gross. No, children are okay. Just no sons oh, and right, daughters. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah. the naughty one. And mother and father. Oh, oh my God. Sir, we don't accept that, that out again, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Emily. I, I did fail to mention my favorite part of the 1980s. Okay. I, I was about oh, to detailed. pull your wife for oh, the, uh, oh, right. so, Go ahead. It was the, uh, the, the nuclear fusion plant <laughs> where they comes down from the sun and makes it hot, hot. It goes bubble, bubble, fizz, fizz. It's really quite simple. <laughs> it's really quite simple. <laughs> okay, the other thing about the 80s movie was the great shower scenes. <laughs> right. Bubble, bubble. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is that thing just, just scrubbing their lady and then parts? And like baking, baking them with UV afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had somebody there with a little bubble wand going... <laughs> <laughs> part of the blowing experience <laughs> oh. Oh. that's what she said <laughs> and then and what about walked into that one <laughs> and what about the the, the electro massage vacuum massage thing yes that came like, <laughs> yep yeah i wasn't quite sure in the book what to make of the electro vacuum that's massage. what cupping looks like in the future right <laughs> yes it's a full body cup right. uh emily anything else you want to say about the 1998 abomination uh, film <laughs> <laughs> i mean i th- I feel like they've done a better job of video, you know, more money, I'm sure, has gone into the production of sure. yeah. the recording. 
Um, Product of later technology. Yeah, yeah. right. Technology yeah. has improved all these things. But as far as like story and what we're going for and maybe a little eight o'clock in the morning in there. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, I, I feel like it's missed its mark. Okay. I, you know, I give extra credit sometimes for when a movie goes for something. I'm not sure what this one went for exactly because, because it did like, like you said, Colin, right. like there was right. a lot more subversion going on in, in all the people, right? Cause there, there was the Miguel Ferrer character who is deleting data, you know, and then there, the, the corruption. I, I did rather like, Bernard's interaction with the IT guy, beta guy, you know, <laughs> who was clearly flirting with him, um, to to find out, you know, what, what exactly happened there. But yeah. where would we we be without betas? Right. Go ahead, Emily. You look like you. Oh yeah, yeah. So so from the the 1980s version, the goal is to attain the attainable. And did the 1990s version attain the attainable? Looking in on itself. It's meta, you know, looking back at. Yeah. I don't, you know, like, I don't mind when something is taken, it's adapting something from the 30s, right? Adapting it straight over from the 30s. This is probably why I don't like the 1980s one, because I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you basically just translated it over with no adaptation, right? With, Put with it in no video form. Yeah, yeah with yeah. No, no updating it given changes that have happened in the last 50 years. Where in the 1990s one, I also don't think it really, I mean, it updated it, some of the look of it. But of course, there was nothing with you know social media in 1998. The internet was just barely, you know, right. just a few years old, right? Really, at that point, still in the dark ages. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see a more current adaptation with Silicon Valley in mind. There's yeah, <laughs> there's supposed to be one. There was supposed to be one. I we thought when we were looking at mm-hmm. adaptations that there was going to be one this year. I think there's one going to be coming out in yeah. the next year or yeah. so. If it does, maybe we can we can. Yep. Come back around to it like we did with Fahrenheit 451. Sure. That masterpiece with the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Final thoughts. James, you haven't said anything for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. I don't know. Yeah, I think the 98 film wasn't cautionary tale enough, maybe. It wasn't totalitarian enough in the government, the way that they're going over. Back to what Colin was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So rank them. Uh, the novel, obviously. I'm gonna go in order, actually, historical order. Okay. Yeah. Novel, 80s, 90s. Yep. Right. At least the 80s one was entertaining because it was just funny to watch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's your take on it. Uh, Colin, uh, final thoughts and rank them. Oh, uh, no, no, no final thoughts. Oh, no. no. I've made my opinions fairly well known. I don't think there's anything more to add. Although I'm glad that I remembered the funny things about the 1980 movie to share. Um, Because you can can laugh at it. Yep. Um, But I'm going to agree with James and go, you know, novel 8098. See, he recognizes greatness when he sees it. I do. And you married her. Oh, well done. Well done. (laughs) Her Fordship approves. Yes. (laughs) All right. uh, I'll go next and give you the final final thoughts, okay? Um, Yeah. Of course, man first. (laughs) Right. Yes. Man's planning. We we did talk about that a little bit, right? Yes, yeah. What what was that where they were talking about how... Uh, Bernard and uh, that was John, John. mansplaining yeah. womanhood or right. entrance to motherhood about or something. about the benefits right. of childbirth, yeah, about yeah. the pain of child childbearing. Yeah. You know, the pain of childbirth is and the humiliation to motherhood. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that's right. the kind of thing a man would say about childbirth. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't particularly love either of the movies. Uh, I did rather enjoy the book this time. It, it gave me a lot to think about and. Uh, I don't know. I'll revisit it at some point, probably. Speaking of which, there's a book, Brave New World Revisited, which I don't think is an actual novel. I think it's just Huxley kind of commenting on right. on where the world had gone in the intervening years. Yes. But I haven't read it. So You should read the Island you should read Island by Aldous Huxley. Oh, really? Which was know. written as a response to Brave New World. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh. <laughs> but um, to rank them, I, I, I go book first. Uh, but I'm going to flip the movies just because I feel like the 98 one went for something. It tried for something. I don't think it hit it. But um, I still prefer that to just kind of a boring Are you sure you're not just close n- adaptation. Not Nimoy fanboying? You're giving it an epsilon for effort? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there is a 
distinct possibility that I'm giving it to, you know, the, <laughs> Live the, long the, and the more bump. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Emily. So you get to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, book first has to be um, because the book is amazing. Uh, And then 80s for that plucky, you know, fun. Don't call us plucky. We don't know what it means. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know you're not the plucky comic relief? (laughs) And uh, and then the 90s. To okay. finish it out. All right. So I'm on an island. I will I will therefore go to... Uh, Iceland. Or you can choose your I, own island. I think Tahiti. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a magical place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reference acknowledged. Yes. Uh, my son went to Fiji last year. I got year, that reference. So. Yes. I understood that reference. Uh, so are we ready to wrap up? We don't know what we're doing next. We will figure that out at some point. But we'll probably right. go back to our regularly scheduled um, real future walk through right uh, i have a thought to share but let's talk about it off off, off uh, camera so to say sounds good okay well in that case uh, emily thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me guys yeah yeah colin demanded it <laughs> sorry colin <laughs> no, no 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 good to have a counterpoint here to offset my sullenness and sourness yes yeah, like he said on the text right seth needs somebody else to come in here and defend the book <laughs> <laughs> right Okay. Well, uh, I'll sign us off until next time with uh, Pavement Pounder's Brave New World Blessing, which is, this is an actual quote from the book after the uh, road rise up to meet you part. May the road rise up to meet you. And remember, you can't consume much if you sit still and read books. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I nice. thought that was an interesting quote. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> which is true. Although, I think they underestimate. You know, I can I can prop a tablet on, on, on my lap and have bowls of, of snacks on both sides. And, you, you know, Homer Simpson is true. Yeah. You can prop a tablet on your lap and then flip over to your Amazon app and just consume to your Amazon. heart's content. Yeah, that's true, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this needs an update for the internet age. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Anyhow, bye, everybody. Bye. Um, oh, wait, by the way. Are you cold? Am I cold? Yeah. No. Any way you could remove that vest? It's really loud. It's kind of a personal <laughs> question. Is it? Yeah. It, it is. It's like like yeah. you, you start moving while you're talking and there's all this right. slithering and, and, and mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to edit out later. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> you mentioned slithering. Orgy, orgy. You mentioned yeah. slithering. I just think of snakes. <laughs> Take it off, James. Take it off. Woo. And you're asking me to remove articles of clothing. Right. Gosh. It, it's strip podcasting. Right. <laughs> Goodness, orgy, audio orgy. only. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That's going in the blooper reel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we were talking out. beforehand, you know, ha- having Soma and eating donuts. <laughs> Wait, are Insider. Soma donuts? Or donuts, donuts, no, no, donuts, Soma, no, Soma donuts? Oh, geez. Doma. Doma. Doma sonuts. <laughs> Somebody have her a stimulant. All right. So that, <laughs> okay. Do you want to try Selma, that again? <laughs> do you want to try that again? I, and then that one goes in the blooper reel. Our <laughs> <laughs> donut Soma? Okay. So here's my idea. I'll keep recording just in case it's good. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, one of my one of my favorite new authors, newer authors I've been reading for a number of years is John Scalzi. Mm-hmm. John Scalzi had Thank three, you for the purchase, by the way. That was awesome. You're welcome. Uh, has three new short stories that were adapted into Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots oh, interesting. mini anthology. Mm-hmm. I think we should tackle all three of them in an episode. Ooh. You've been resistant yeah, I just to, to doubling up on stuff in the past. Yeah, I only say all three of them because I don't think any one of them is any longer than eight to ten minutes. Okay. Any one of the episodes or the books or both? Uh, they're all short stories. Okay. I have miniatures on my nook. I don't know how to find the third story yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. And um, yeah, we could probably do them all in you know one thing. And we'll, we'll watch the series on Netflix. So are you saying they're oh, okay, I saw it. adapted into individual episodes of that or as a whole they're adapted yeah. into it? Individual episodes oh. uh, and adapted by different groups of people. Huh. All right. Oh. All right. I'll start watching it and then uh, then read it at some point. <laughs> anyway, that's my idea. <laughs>